You're listening to Overture from Dragon Quest XI Echoes of an Elusive Age, released September 4th, 2018, composed by Koichi Sugiyama. What's up, BG Maniacs? Welcome to another episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show this week, oh, we've got a treat. First off, he is the host of Very Good Music, a VGM podcast every month with Shoot Kapow. It is Petroth. Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm here and uh, still coming down off the high of that Yuzo Koshiro episode, but uh, man, I am excited. Today is going to be a fun day. Dude, the reception that we've gotten from that episode has been incredible. Everybody's yeah, been excited man. for it, including it's Koshiro. Been... Yep, yep. Including absolutely. Alberto Gonzalez. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm really getting yeah. my hopes up now for, for some Gonzalez action. We'll have to see. Yep, we're going to have to get him on the show. But I mentioned Shoot Kapow every week because, you know, she's on a VGM podcast with you. Very good music. She's here with us this week. Shoot Kapow, making your BG Mania debut. Ooh. Welcome. Yo, baby. That's what I've been waiting for. That's what it's all about. (laughs) (laughs) And we've got a fun one today. (laughs) We've got a fun one that you're joining us for today. There's a reason she's making her podcast debut with us here on BG Mania this week. But before we get to that, real quick, if you'd be so kind, head on over to Apple Podcast or whichever app you've chosen to listen to us on and drop us a quick rating and review. It really does help out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well. Patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers, see what we're doing. And if you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continue to listen to the episodes as they upload each week. Works wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers, Jexax and Zenku. So, yeah, we've been talking about it for a few weeks now, Bedroth. We've been building up for it. Other podcasts have been putting out their episodes throughout the month of June 2022. We are here with our contribution to the Masters of VGM, our Mount Rushmore of composers. I'm excited for this episode. We are here, indeed. And I'm excited to have uh, have both of you here. It's kind of like a 
kind of like a crossover episode of sorts. It also saves me time editing because now I don't have to. Uh, <laughs> I only have to edit the recap episode. I'm going to be doing with Prop Jeff in July. Um, so I am really excited. And, you know, we, we decided at the very end to stick with our usual uh, format and go ahead and do th- uh, four blocks of three. Uh, you had originally thought about doing three blocks of four and just having each of us take turns with all four of our composers. And yeah, um, I didn't really I care either way. You, yeah, I floated to the idea of keeping our, our regular block and doing like one of each of our composers for each block because I thought that might that might divide things up and that way we uh, you know we'll we'll each stay active for for each round. Uh, definitely wasn't thinking that shoot might get bored and 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 taper off if we only had one block of perfect. So. Seems like that maybe had some sort of play in the in the uh, decision making. Um, but because of that, we did have two uh, sort of open slots, which I um, we have filled with some honorable mentions. We'll we'll get to yours a little bit later on. Yeah, mine's at the tail end of the show. I did want to uh, just mention briefly, I, I think it would be really weird for this entire month to go by without any mention at all of the composer who we opened up with, and that is Koichi Sugiyama. Has um, anyone mentioned him yet? Has everybody we have not of... heard anything at all oh. from Sugiyama yet. Right now, wow. Uematsu wow. is running away with it. Uh, I believe Uematsu has four or five total um, appearances on okay. different podcasts. Uh, we have a couple others... Um, Masashi Hamauzu actually uh, has uh, three separate appearances, so lots of Final Fantasy love this month. But uh, and then Koshiro has two. This will be his third because you already, you know, we already said last week he's already be on spoiled. Here. He's going to be on this yeah. episode. There was no ifs ands or buts about that. Um, Koji Kondo actually only has one so far, I think. So it's really, really interesting. Uh, but Sugiyama is is an interesting figure in the landscape of EGM. Uh, First of all, musically, you, you just can't get around this man's impact on on the medium. Uh, Dragon Quest, all by itself, is uh, you know enough to submit him uh, to submit his music in its place in uh, video game music history. But also, Sugiyama was a driving force in getting video game music into popular culture, especially in Japan. Um, he actually wrote several Dragon Quest ballets and uh, symphony concerts, or arranged them for symphony concert. Um, Sugiyama did harbor some uh, difficult beliefs, uh, specifically about the LGBT community in Japan, which is uh, it's, it's as big a deal over there as it is over here. Sure. Um, he actually did, from a couple of reports I've read later in his life, go back on some of that language. The big thing, though, is he was a hate crime denier. Uh, he denied some things that are just matter of fact that Japan did in World War II. He literally went to his grave saying, no, we never did that. Which, you know, it's kind of like Holocaust erasure over here. That's something that, for good reason, people just can't get behind. And I, I wanted to own that up front here. That honestly may be the main reason he didn't end up on my Rushmore, because with that level of, of you know, prob- problematic behavior, I was a little weirded out by it. But, but again, his music deserves its place in this episode. I think his music should probably stand aside, like, his political beliefs and, the, the you know, the driving force behind the person itself like outside of all that the music is still incredible like, yeah you i mean otherwise there would be a lot of art out there that nobody would ever experience absolutely and, you know the, the music should not suffer for some of the sins of the man behind absolutely but yeah dragon quest overture i mean what's there to say about it it's 
Yeah, we've talked about it before, right? This is one of those episodes where there will be some tracks that we've played before. Um, This episode kind of is a special one, so we didn't really lock it to tracks that we've not played. Though my tracks are ones that we still haven't played before. I know we do have a lot of pieces of music on here that we have played previously on BG Mania, but that's okay. We've talked a lot about the Overture from Dragon Quest. It's, It's iconic, dude. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. Shukapau, any words about that Dragon Quest music or anything we've talked about? Uh, uh-oh. Uh, uh, Dragon Quest. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Have you, played any, have you played any of the Dragon Quests, Shoot? Uh, I have not. I've, I've only ever really, like, played Final Fantasy and Tales for, you know, big JRPGs. Okay. And Pokemon. <laughs> hey, yeah, Pokemon, yeah. Pokemon. I know you're a big fan of Pokemon. It's, it's, it's not really thing. a JRPG in the... Like, it's a Japanese RPG, but it's not really, like, the same, you know, kind of style. Bedrock, do you own, do you own Echoes of Elusive Age on the Switch? Uh, no, I've only played the Don't demo. Don't have a demo. Um, a lot of that's because I, I'm very selective with my, my big games because I don't have a whole lot of time to get into them. So I don't let myself buy a lot of really big games because I know I'm not going to get to a whole lot. <laughs> I highly recommend Eleven on the Switch. That's where, because I initially started playing it on the PlayStation 4 and stopped playing halfway through once I found out the Switch version was going to be coming and was going to be like the complete version with a bunch of content that wasn't included in the PS4 version. So I did Mm -hmm. play through that on the Switch, and I highly recommend it. It's a great freaking game. I played some Dragon Warrior 4 back on the NES. Uh, I got it free with, uh, with something or other. I think Nintendo Power sent it to me. Um, they had kind of a thing back in the day on that. And I played a lot of Dragon Quest Nine on the DS. Send all the stories, guys. I love that's that one. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. I've always, I mean, obviously eight. I know I've mentioned it here on the show before. Eight is still my all-time favorite in terms of Dragon Quest. I eight is up really there in popularity. Forward. It is. And I'm really looking forward to see what they do with 12. Obviously, we know they have Dragon Quest Treasures coming either later this year or early next year, which stars a character from 11. And then they're working on that Dragon Quest 3, the HD 2D remake, the 2.5D kind of landscape, the one that they're doing there. Uh, I know they're reworking that, but they're also working on 12, and I'm excited to see what they do with it. I'll be interested to see what the it'll music be, is like. I was going to say, it'll be the first one without Sugiyama since he passed. Yeah. Hmm. That'll be crazy. You know who would be a really interesting pick for them to move forward with? Uh, Yusuke Koshiro, you know? Oh. Please. We've heard some of his stuff. Oh. There was uh, there were some things last week uh, I don't that hate Actraiser that. track that I brought that uh, yeah. had some had some similar sounds to that. But anyway. I don't, I don't uh, hate Shuk- that at all. <laughs> Shukapal, you do have one direct link to the Dragon Quest universe. You want to talk a little about that real quick? You know what I'm talking about? Hero is one of my secondaries. It's national. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah. Hero, for a while, before Shukapal really had settled on a main, uh, Hero was one that, that you would go back to a lot. And yeah. So who are your secondaries? Your your main, by the way, if, for anybody who doesn't know, is Jigglypuff. Anybody who follows you on Twitter should know that. Uh, both Jigglypuff and Cloud. Okay, Jigglypuff and Cloud, both your mates. Who are your secondaries? Um, I don't know all of them. I think there's a couple. I, I have Lucina, Ness, Hero, Young Link. Those are the main four. And these are all characters who I hate to play uh, against when I'm playing Smash with you. <laughs> yeah. You never can win. Nope, nope. Shoot is, is definitely... Shoot is a better gamer than I am. I have to admit it. That in almost <laughs> all cases, Shoot can outperform me in video games these days. So <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. I'm not that great at Smash, but I'm pretty damn good at video games. But I'm not that great at fighting games. Well, I'm pretty good at, uh, at you know, RPGs, platformers, running guns, like I can hold my own, but puzzle games and platformers are really my sweet spot. I'm pretty great at those. But... Right. 
I think even their shoot might be better. Shoot's definitely better than me in Hollow Knight. So. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Which we just saw the new trailer for Silk Song coming day one to Game Pass. Yeah. Ooh. God, I can't freaking wait for that. Maybe, game. maybe we need to get an Xbox. What do you think? Shoot. <laughs> it's long overdue. That'd be pretty cool. We need Game Pass. Game Pass is a savior of the. In- well, it's not really a savior, but man, it's a freaking blessing for the industry. So, so cool. I guess this is as good a place as any to ask. I have Windows. Could I get Game Pass for Windows? And if it's on Absolutely. there, I can play it on there? Absolutely. Okay. I yeah, might think about it, that then. Just install, if you don't already have it installed, install the Xbox app on your PC, and that's where mm-hmm. Game Pass for PC comes into play. Okay. And that's largely a, a lot of uh, the same titles. Might have to take a look at what's available and see what we want to do about that. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. All right. Well... Well, you know, we've rambled for a while. So. Yeah, I was going to say, why don't we jump to our first block of, of three tracks here featuring, again, there's not going to be a bad track on this episode because we have the heavy hitters of EGM here. The masters of EGM, as some would say, hashtag. Um, and then each track, we're going to start with your pick and then shoots will be sandwiched in the middle and then we'll close out with mine and then we'll come back and we'll each talk about the composer and the song that we featured. Absolutely. So that being said, to kick things off, Let's go ahead and take into so this this is a theoretically two tracks melded together as one because in the game itself you never hear the second one without the first one. So I wanted ah, okay. to obviously include the way that it sounds in game. So this is technically two tracks, Awakening and Willpower from Persona 5, released April 4th, 2017, composed by Shoji McGarrow.
Next up, we have Isaac's Battle Theme from Golden Sun, released in November, uh, on November 12th of 2001 and composed by Motoi Sakuraba. Finally in this block, we have Ventilation Shafts, Stage 2 from Gremlins 2, The New Batch, released October 1990, composed by Naoki Kodaka.
back in. We are talking first about Shoji Megaro, and we listened to Awakening plus Willpower from Persona 5 to showcase his abilities there. So for my four composers that I went with for the Mount Rushmore, I went with four guys, and it actually is all guys, actually, but I went with four guys that really shaped what I love about gaming. So they're all Japanese, first of all, but three of the four, and including the honorable mention that I have, so I guess four of the five, all come from JRPGs. And that obviously being my favorite genre that exists, Shoji Megaro, I think, has cemented himself for me to be in the echelon of composers with all the work that he's done on Shin Megami Tensei and the Persona series. We can talk about Catherine if we wanted to. We could talk about... Um, trauma team right that series that existed on the weed just for a little bit or trauma center yeah whatever trauma it was center, called yeah. yeah trauma center yep because uh, he did the music with that and he's just now you know having left atlas and going the freelance style that so many of these other composers have done he he, he announced his departure in october of last year um, we'll still be thankfully contributing to Atlas projects in the future. So when Persona 6 inevitably does rear its head out from the uh, from the shadows of Atlas's development studios, I'm willing to bet Megaro will still be involved. And I think it would be a crying shame if he wasn't because his music is so synonymous with Persona and with Shimagami Tensei. And there's a totally big agree. reason that I love him. There's a big reason I love him, dude. And it's that guitar and that electronica, like, jazz that he always has going in all of his tracks. It's so catchy. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I uh, I just played some Maguro when we did the, when I did the classical episode because you I did, did Maguro's arrangement of uh, Mars and from, Jupiter from, Catherine. from the planets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, from Catherine. Uh, did you know, shoot, that uh, that Maguro uh, did an arrangement of Mars and Jupiter from the planets? No, I actually don't. I'll have to play that for you. I know that you well, like Well, you would you if like you listened to the episode. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that you do have a have a real soft spot for Maguro's music, though, don't you? Yep. What is that soft spot? What do you what do you like about it, or, or what kind of draws you towards it? Um, I don't know. It's just it's good. I know. About so it. you like, yeah, it's, it's, you like jazzy stuff. it's good. You're actually going to be in the jazz band. This I was going to say, you? aren't you going to be in jazz band? Like, is that oh, that yeah, probably jazz. is a big reason behind it? Yeah, jazz is a big part of it. You're going to be wailing on the trumpet? Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you're going to start hitting some of those painful notes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like that time in Eternity track that that Bedroth played for you with that trumpet just screaming in the background? Oh yeah, yeah, that was that was my favorite. <laughs> Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. We listened to it again when we were actually, because uh, I played it just that night after we recorded it, and then we listened to it again when we were listening to the Goshiro episode coming back from somewhere, and it's like, hey, it's that trumpet again. <laughs> <laughs> so good, man. It's so good. Yeah, it is. It is. But yeah, that um, that second track uh, comes from. Well, why don't you? That this is your track. I don't want to step on you. Should we talk about that? Uh, talk about your first track that you brought and your your composer. Uh, this one is one he has somehow not appeared on the list yet, and Seriously? I think it's about time. Wow. Yeah, uh, yep, I know it's weird. It's about yeah. time for him to show up. Wow. Go ahead, Shu. Take it away. Uh, yeah, Motoi Sakuraba is the composer of the Tales series, and uh, you know, pretty big. Um, pretty big deal he's a, he's a pretty big jrpg composer yeah, i mean he's not only tales but sakuraba i mean made a name for himself star ocean golden sun dark souls yeah. the mario sports games like 
And that's what we're talking about now on Golden Sun, Isaac's Absolutely. Battlefield. Uh, I actually first came across this theme just like how I came across Tales of Symphonia in uh, Super Smash Flash 2. Okay. On the Venus Lighthouse stage, one of the uh, one of the themes that's is That's one of those fan-made Smash games, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. So I just, I really liked it because Sakuraba does great battle themes. Really does. And really does. Yeah. That's that's probably some of my favorite Sakuraba stuff is battle themes. One of my favorite IPs that he worked on that's kind of lesser known is the Bait and Kaidos IP. There was Bait and Kaidos Origins and then Bait and Kaidos 2. Um, whatever the hell that, that game was called, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I, I first heard those on uh, Rock Out With Your Card Out, one of the other shows that uh, I think is going to be making an appearance. Uh, Jason, the host, has had to move recently, and so that may have thrown a wrench into it, but glad we're getting some Baden Kaido's representation. If he is on the show, uh, if he does do a show, then Sakuraba will make a second appearance, for sure. Well, hopefully from Baden Kaido's, because those soundtracks are freaking dope. Yep, yep, absolutely. There was something else. Uh, Sakuraba, of course, is a contemporary of folks like uh, Koshiro, uh, mm-hmm. Shimura. We talked about that a little bit last and, week, um, yeah, or two weeks ago, Koji maybe. Kondo, I don't think about like like when they started and, and that they're still going, and was one of the, uh, I'd almost call him a mentor of Yasunori Mitsuda. Uh, Mitsuda did do some uh, some studying under Sakuraba as part of, I think, Wolf Team at one point, so... So definitely a big presence. And I can bring back that word I used last week and tried to use the week prior, Baroque, because Sakuraba <laughs> does take heavy inspiration from the Baroque time period for his musical mm-hmm. style. He yeah. really does. Especially and obviously like the prog rock, like which Dark we've Souls. talked about. Absolutely. Dark Souls is the big one there, and Dark Souls being one of my favorite IPs that exists in gaming. Oh, God, I love Sakuraba. He's so great. What do you? Um, what are some of your other favorite Sakuraba tracks? Shoot. Well, I mean, obviously there's some uh, Tales stuff. I like pretty much every battle theme that I've heard in the Tales series. Uh, they're the ones from Tales of Fantasia, which is where Fighting with the Spirit originated, and I'm pretty sure that's just continued throughout the Tales series because it's in Symphonia as well. Mm-hmm. They do. Re- he does remix a lot of his earlier battle stuff from Tales into the like the future Tales games. It's one of the ongoing themes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Fatal Ice is really good. All the stuff from Tales. I do like uh, Land of Silveron, which we I also did consider. The drums get a little uh, a little repetitive. I realized that when I went to listen to it because I beat you know eighty hours of Tales of Symphonia, <laughs> and I was walking around Silveron a lot. You, you know um, we're gonna get to hear some more Sakuraba music this year and next year because he is the main composer behind. One Piece Odyssey, which is set to release later this year. Oh, He's yeah. also the composer cool. behind Star Ocean The Divine Force, the new Star Ocean that's coming out later this year, as well as the new Ooh. Valkyrie game, Valkyrie Elysium. I mean, he'll be the main composer of that because he's the main composer of the Valkyrie Profile series. But the next year, he's also with uh, Michiko Naruke doing Ayuden Chronicles 100 Heroes, the uh, spiritual successor to Suikoden. And then he's also working on that independent title, Sacrifier, which looks freaking phenomenal. He's still really active right now. Yeah, very cool. Uh, pretty busy. Huh? Yeah. And one of the most prolific composers, there are so many tracks out there uh, that bear Sakuraba's name. His soundtracks are all so huge. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> which is one of one of the big things. Yeah, they're always uh, very, they're always very like meaty, 50 plus tracks on a soundtrack, but that's A-OK in my book. Yep. And then going to uh, maybe maybe the polar opposite of that for, for my first pick, 
and surprisingly, a composer who has appeared on the Masters of EGM list. Uh, I say surprisingly not because he's not good, but just because he's a little bit lesser known and his scope is really limited. Talking about Naoki Kodaka, who anybody who has listened to me on BGM Podcast knows uh, Kodaka is one of my uh, top favorites. Uh, Made an appearance on the Wayback Podcast with uh, Chris over there, and I was really, really excited to hear that. Uh, Chris played one of Kodaka's Journey to Silius uh, tracks, which that is probably just cover to cover his best um, OSC, Journey to Silius. Anybody who has not experienced that... Um, go listen to it, and it's actually on the uh, NES online on the Switch, uh, so you can check it out too. The game is kind of mediocre, uh, but the, it is. the soundtrack is <laughs> fantastic. I'm still partial to his works with Fester's Quest and the one we just played here, Gremlins 2. I think these from top to bottom are excellent soundtracks as well. I think they are too. I think there is a little bit, some of Gremlins specifically, uh, I'm thinking of the shop theme, um, is not as stellar as some of the stuff on uh, Journey to Silius. But the Gremlins tracks, like the level tracks, are just fantastic. And one of those is the one that I brought here, the Ventilation Shafts theme. And I really could have picked any of the, the four like main level tracks, though, because they're all just so good. And the thing about Kodaka is he is a master of the NES. That's 100%. his thing. Yeah. Um, his, he's really limited to just the 90s and a little bit of the late 80s as far as his scope. Didn't do a whole lot of games. A lot of the soundtracks aren't super big, but what he was able to do with his um, his sound team, specifically Nobuyuki Hara, and what they were able to turn out on the NES as part of the Sunsoft sound team is really some of the best stuff to ever come out of the system. And I think that this track exemplifies that and some of the complexity that you could get, that, that, that some of these composers could get out of that. Absolutely, dude. I mean... It's kind of crazy listening to the works that he did on the NES and then just going and listening to other chiptune music from the NES and just how much more advanced Kodaka's work sounds than most of the other stuff you hear on the NES. It's incredible. Yeah. I think that the other composers who can really give him a run for his money are the really big names, like yeah. Koji Kondo, of course. Of course. Um, uh, and Tim then and Jeff I, Fallen. I think of, yeah, Tim and Jeff Fallen. And some of the, like, uh, uh, but see, like with Capcom and Konami, you would have, like, rotating composers who, they, they, they didn't all do the same thing. Some of the Castlevania composers on the NES were fantastic, but they didn't have the same longevity. Uh, same thing with Mega Man. You have different composers on all the Mega Man games. Kodaka had a distinctive sound that became the sound of Sunsoft. And he actually didn't work on one of Sunsoft's most celebrated games, Mr. Gimmick. But I feel like if Kodaka had not laid the groundwork, Gimmick's soundtrack might not have even been as good as it was. So I think that the influence he had on the studio's sound was just undeniable. Absolutely. Shoot, has Bedroth made you a Kodaka fan over the years? Um, yeah. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Is that all he talks about sometimes? You guys are sitting around eating dinner. Man, I listened to this new Kodaka track that I forgot about today. <laughs> yeah, if you want to hear more uh, shoot talking about Kodaka, you can go back and listen. I did an episode with my uh, the guy who did our theme song on Very Good Music, Skeletroy. We did a Kodaka episode last fall, and shoot was on there with us. And uh, shoot, you brought uh, some Blaster Master music, I think, uh, and some Journey to Silius on that episode. So. 
Uh, I actually I didn't ask you. Shoot, uh, Brian talked a little about um, his sort of procedure for picking his four composers for this episode. What um, did, did you just pick your like your four favorites? Is that how you went about it, or did, did you did more go into it than that? Uh, well, I just picked composers I really like. I guess <laughs> that's pretty much all there is to it. <laughs> okay. Okay. I kind of thought that was the case. For me, uh, I did do that. I also wanted to do a little bit of a wide representation. I have so many composers that I love who probably could have ended up on this episode. Same. The ones that landed here are the ones that are kind of nostalgic for me. That uh, First, they deserve to be here. Second, they're nostalgic for me. And third, I wanted kind of a broad uh, spectrum. So I have like my favorite modern composer, my favorite retro composer, um, my favorite composer who I have found like through uh, podcasting and then my all-time yeah, I was going to say composer. your all-time favorite composer at the end of the show yes <laughs> yep yeah so and Kodaka is my favorite retro composer I just I think for that time period there's nobody else that, that would that, that, that I like more personally so makes sense to me yeah I kind of laid my, my my playlist similarly for my four tracks like my favorite is the last in the last block like I did that I did the same thing sort of yeah I think shoot's favorite is in the last block too oh nice well look at that we're all in sync yeah maybe we could start singing uh, bye 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 <laughs> no <Okay. laughs> well why don't we uh, go ahead and start uh, start getting into the second block though <laughs> all right well to kick things off remember we're going in the order of myself shoot and then bedroth so I do have the opening track here and again another composer that has yet to appear in the Masters of VGM master playlist, and that makes me sad because he is my favorite guitarist of all the composers. So let's <laughs> take a listen to Promise from Silent Hill 2, released September 24th, 2001, composed by Akira Yamaoka. <laughs>
Our next track is Wind Scene from Chrono Trigger, uh, released on August 11th, 1995, and composed by Yasunori Mitsuda. Rounding out this block, you are listening to High Above the Land, The Flying Machine from Shovel Knight, released June 26, 2014, composed by Jake Kaufman.
coming back in, we are talking about Akira Yameoka. And of course, Promise from Silent Hill 2. Uh, so yeah, as I mentioned there before we started listening to that block of tracks, a big reason that I chose Yamaoka to be on my Mount Rushmore of composers. I mean, first of all, I, I pretty much love everything that he's done. And he has cemented himself as one of the greatest in terms of like composing for a horror game or the horror genre. And I'm excited mm-hmm. that he's actually working with the uh, Silent Hill creator on the new project that's coming out, whether it's next year or 2023 or who knows when, Slitterhead, that spiritual successor to Silent Hill that he's working on alongside of the creators of that series. I'm excited mm-hmm. that he's coming back for that. But that guitar, man, he is just so good on guitar. And that's a yep. big reason why I love him so much. Yeah, I uh, I don't think Shoot's going to have a lot on this particular uh, topic. It's, um, I, I don't know, Shoot, that you have any experience with, um, with Yamaoka. Uh, Probably I only not. do this through, through podcasting. Um, uh, Purnell over on Rhythm and Pixels is a big Akira Yamaoka fan as well. So Did they put uh, out their episode I've, yet? Did he choose him? They have not put out their episode yet. They are coming close to the end. They're going to be one of the last episodes, I think, that goes up. Um, and I'll be, I wonder, I'll be if, I wonder if Yamaoka will make an appearance on his list. Yamaoka just might, uh, Shoji Maguro just might as well, because uh, Purnell also loves him some persona. So, <laughs> uh, and we sound pretty similar. That, yep. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to hearing what they have, because I'm thinking that there may be some more uh, composers who haven't made an appearance yet who are going to. So, nice. But this was really good stuff, man. And I, everything I've heard by Yamaoka, I have really enjoyed. Uh, that guitar, like you said, is just fantastic. One of the big reasons that he leans so heavily into the guitar, his biggest influence in terms of performing and musical style happens to be Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails. Like, that is his biggest influence, who, you know, we made a joke, what was it? Oh, episode or two ago, um, because Reznor did the soundtrack for Quake back in 1996. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> it's kind of crazy that Yamaoka's biggest influence happens to be Trent Reznor. And he's also mentioned Metallica and Depeche Mode as two of his other big influences. So he's just deeply rooted in that metal rock style that obviously I'm such a big fan of. It is, although his guitar work makes me think of... Uh, really, almost nobody more than uh, Carlos Santana. A little bit, a little bit. I hear some. I hear some Santana, especially in, in this there. track. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a Black Magic Woman going on. A little bit, a <laughs> little bit. <laughs> yep. All right. But yeah. So definitely a worthy, worthy contribution to the Masters of EGM list. I mean, Silent Hill is. Uh, um, it's one of those series that uh, everybody's at least heard of it. So Absolutely. I think, yeah, whether the, whether really the game version or the movie version by this point. Yep. <laughs> uh, that brings us to uh, Shukapau's second composer. Shoot, what you got for us? Yes, uh, Yasunori Mitsuda, the Chrono Trigger composer. That was that was his first game. It was his first game, which is unfreaking yeah. believable. Yep. That that was his first yeah, game. Yeah, like, that's some really good stuff. Especially, like, uh, you got Wind Scene right there. Wind Scene may be 
the most impressive track on the Super NES. It's, it's one it, of the most well-known. It's known. up there. Yeah, yeah, it's up there. Like, it stands next to, you know, anything, I, I think, by Uematsu or Sugiyama or Kondo. It's or Shimamura. I mean, absolutely. It, it's just fantastic. It um, really is. This it's is going to be Mitsuda's third appearance on Masters of EGM, and I think he definitely very Rightfully well Rightfully so. Because, I mean, yeah. just, just like we talked about earlier with, um, with Matoi Sakuraba, Mitsuda is deeply rooted in the JRPG scene, right? Chrono Trigger launched mm-hmm. his career. He went off and became part of Xeno Gears and is still part of it with Xeno Blade. Yep. Um, Shadow Hearts. There's so many good, so many good games that he's worked on. Yeah, go ahead, Shootify. You were going to say more. Keep going. <laughs> uh, no, I was just going to mention how you said it's one of the most impressive games on the SNES when we were in the car yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I did wait through Chrono Trigger pretty recently, or sometime this year at least, and I beat it. I tried playing through it my freshman year, but I lost my save file. Oof, I hate when that happens. I did beat it this year, and it was great. Nicely I done. It. Now you got to beat Chrono Cross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we still haven't picked that one up. We should we should do that. I kept hearing all the back and forth on on the game and how it was running, but honestly, that that kind of stuff has never never bothered us too much. So. Especially if you've not played the original, you're not even gonna know the difference. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of JRPGs, uh, we got to get Live Alive, the Live Alive remake. Yes. For that. We've already we'll talked about. On. We're gonna be doing a spotlight <laughs> episode on the on the Live Alive reworked soundtrack once it releases. We All three to. people who were excited about that remake are in this VC right now. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. A little more on a uh, little more on Live Alive later. I'm sure that's going to come up. Uh, not necessarily the game, but uh, but the composer. Hint, hint. Um, Mitsuda, and Mitsuda. Though, just he, before before we move on, I was going to say Mitsuda still active as well. Uh, he is yes. going to be featured in the soundtrack for Xenoblade Chronicles Three next month, as well as Sea of Stars, which releases later this year. <sighs> Both soundtracks and games, I'm really excited about. Same, same. Sea of Stars, I, I can't wait for that one. That's going to be so good. Sea of Stars looks so good, man. A little small indie title, but damn, does it look good. Well, and I mean, The Messenger, from the same people as The Messenger. And yeah, that was a small indie title, but that was a big indie game. <laughs> there was big a lot game. to that one. Good production, yep. good story, a lot of meat to it. And I think this is this is going to be, I think it's shaping up to be really good. Mitsuda would be on my list if he weren't on shoots. I think that if uh, shoot hadn't brought Mitsuda, I probably would have had to bump Kodaka for Mitsuda in, in this case. Uh, if you if taken together, uh, Mitsuda is probably our shared favorite composer. Uh because he's so high nice. on both of our personal lists, uh, he was the first composer he's that we somewhere did a feature in my top on 10. last fall. So yeah, yeah. So again, and and you've done a Mitsuda focus, right? Have on yep, the episode, absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if if you guys like it, like him, you can uh, go back and listen to Shukapau and me talk about him last fall, and you can go back and listen to Brian and Frank talk about Mitsuda uh, on this very podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm almost positive we did. We had to have. <laughs> We've done so many, but I know we had to have. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Another one who you and I actually did a focus on, one of the first times I appeared on Beachy Mania, we did a focus on Jake Kaufman. And we did. I was I was glad because I did not have room to fit Jake Kaufman into my uh, my focuses last fall. But Kaufman definitely is one of my very favorite composers. Uh, he's incredible. He's been- like, as soon as this track kicked in, I was like, man, this is so good. Like, it is so good. <laughs> 
Yep. Yep. Yes, it is. He's been doing this for a long time now. He uh, His first game was in 2000, so it's not like he's new to the scene or anything, but y you do think of him as part of this, the, you know, the current generation. The modern he's movement, not even yeah. doing a whole lot of games these days. He is working on uh, Shovel Knight Dig, and he is working on... Um, the uh, Meet of the Hollow Earth, of course. We As talked we about talked that about last, last week, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, so he is definitely still in the scene. He's starting to move a little more into some production and is doing some work on TV as well. But uh, I thought long and hard about what I was going to bring to the Kaufman, or bring for Kaufman to, to the playlist, and I had to come down on this one. I was going to do the Plains of Passage, uh, which is like the one of the main themes from Shovel Knight. It's the first level theme. It's the most and iconic really, theme, probably. Really, really fantastic piece of music. But this is my favorite Jay Kaufman composition. High Above the Land is just, it's so fun. It's so, it, it, it feels like you're flying. It feels like it you're really flying does. when you listen to this it song. It really does. And like in the Mega Man tradition, when when a composer can make the song match the setting like that, just magic happens while you're playing the game. And I couldn't think of a better example of that on this soundtrack, except for maybe the uh, the Treasure Night theme, uh, Thousand Ooh, Leagues Below, okay. which was actually written by Manami Matsuma. So hence <laughs> 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 why I went with this one. But man, I love this song so much. There's so much going on in it, dude. Like mm -hmm. he just throws so much at you in this four minutes that the track actually exists for and it doesn't sound overly like put together like he yeah. doesn't bombard you with stuff and like everything fits everything has its place you can pick out all the different intricacies that he's got going on in the background it's pretty incredible yeah and he's composing with NES restrictions uh, he did this on on a tracker and uh, it's not the base NES sound hardware I think it's I want to say something like the Konami VRC6 expansion but so there is a little bit more to it like a fifth channel or something but you're right like the, the whole soundtrack for all of Shovel Knight there's so much power into each track but it doesn't sound busy and right. i think this track's a good example of that because it sounds like it loops halfway through and the main melodic idea does repeat in full but everything else that surrounds that melodic idea is different if you go back and listen to this really closely you'll hear like what we're talking about the first time around and then the second time around some of the backing uh, harmonies and counterpoints drop out and they're replaced with other things. Uh, the drums are different. The, uh, the little stings are different. It's it's just really mind blowing stuff. It really is. Chukapau, you like Jake Kaufman, okay, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> have you played Shovel Knight? Shoot. Uh, I have played a little bit of Shovel. Okay, great game. And all of its expansions are free releases, whatever you want to call them. Dusk played some uh, our Chukapau's sibling, who has appeared on the podcast a few times. Uh, Dusk has played some Shantae before. Shantae soundtrack. I was going to say, Shantae well. is another really great series that he's worked on, yeah. Mm -hmm. And of course, I can't not mention Crypt of the Necrodancer, because he did work on that too with Danny Baranowski. Yeah, he did a whole version of the soundtrack for Crypt of the Necrodancer. Really, really great he stuff. Um, he did. Man, that whole soundtrack is great. So many of the people featured on there could be in here as well. I'm surprised Baranowski hasn't made an appearance himself. Yeah. And I think you even mentioned it uh, because we talked about one of the interview episodes I had done previously before we got the interview with Yuzo Koshiro. I did do one with Enrique Martin, the composer behind Cyber Shadow, mm -hmm. which Jake Hoffman also contributed to that soundtrack a little bit too. 
Yeah, he and he was uh, sound director, I think, on that particular on that game. I think so. I think so. Kind, kind of kind of overseeing things. Like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there are a whole lot of contemporaries of like Jake's and uh, and Danny's that I am going to mention in the recap episode because a lot of these folks who I who I feel like may not make the cuts who deserve to be mentioned, I'm going to be bringing them up on that show. So good. Yeah. As you should. And man, it just makes me even more excited to hear what he puts together for Mina the Hollower, his take oh, on man. Castlevania. <laughs> oh. Yes, I am so excited. So excited amazing. for that. It's going to be amazing, especially because Yuzo Koshiro is involved too. So good. <laughs> so good. Well, as we uh, as we move our way a little closer to Koshiro, um, mm-hmm. why don't we go ahead and get into our next block of songs? All right. We've got three more composers coming your way. We'll kick things off with, again... My choice, my third composer I'm bringing to the Mount Rushmore here. And I would have been shocked if anybody else would have picked this composer. So I'm not surprised that he is yet to appear on anybody else's list and probably throughout the remainder of the Masters of EGM will not appear. But that's okay. That's why I have him on my list. So let's take a listen to Hills of Radiant Winds from Near Replicant, released April 27th, 2010, composed by Kichi Okabe, featuring vocals from Emmy Evans.
This is Kyle, and one day you can be too. Every Friday, I host what is soon to be your favorite podcast, The Media Files. Me and one of my best friends talk about pop culture happening so that you don't look like an uncultured swine during those boring water cooler conversations. Laughs are shared, tears are cried, and sometimes we have really interesting special guests that you might be familiar with. Download The Media Files wherever you download podcasts, and remember, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later. Next up, we have Steam Gardens from Super Mario Odyssey, released on October 27th, 2017, composed by Koji Kondo.
last up for this block, we're going to take a listen to Metal Beat from Metal Masters, released December 1993, composed by Alberto Jose Gonzalez.
coming back in. We are talking about Kichi Okabe and, of course, the Hills of Radiant Winds from Near Replicant. And as I was telling you guys, I could not choose a Kichi Okabe track without also including Emmy Evans because to me they go hand in hand. And a big reason why I'm such a big fan of Okabe's has to do with Emmy Evans, but also it has to do with just how emotional a majority of his compositions are. Like even the Hills of Radiant Winds, which is just field music for like the opening areas in, in Near Replicant, it has a ton of emotion behind it. And then what he went on to compose, especially in like the Near Automata soundtrack and just how I've talked so many times how a lot of that soundtrack just brings me to tears. He just has this way when he's composing to really draw out emotions like I've never heard it done before. And he instantly skyrocketed into my top five like pretty quickly after he broke onto the scene. Yeah, the just And I should say broke onto the the scene in terms of like being super popular because he was around for several years before he really started becoming known for, you know, contributing to some Tekken soundtracks and then really Nier is what what made him a household, well not maybe a household name, but well known. Nier is Nier. what really really yeah. pushed pushed him up there and everything in the Nier soundtracks, man, is just fantastic. This uh he deserves more recognition for sure. Really does. And he's he's very you know, I know, we use the word eccentric when talking about uh, Hiroki Kakuda a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. but he's also very eccentric. Like, a lot of his music is different, but the games that he composes for, specifically Drakengard and Nier, they are very different. Like, yes. they mess with your mind, and his music just really portrays that heavily. Yeah, really, really unique games, and... Uh, Shukupau, I don't think you've heard a whole lot of Nier stuff, but uh, what did you think of, of this track, this vocal track that Brian Bott brought? It was pretty cool. You like that I like, Sh- I like I like Shoot's answers, man. Quick and to the point. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That is what Shoot has always been good at. Never that is have anything to say in YouTube videos. <laughs> That's the fingerprint you leave on the podcasting seat. <laughs> she she yep. of not many words. <laughs> Unless we're talking about Pokemon. <laughs> yep. The cool thing about the cool thing about Emmy Evans is that she doesn't. She always sings in that language that's made up. It's so cool, dude. You know, is she the one who is she the English vocalist as well? And things like the weight of the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure if that was her. If that was somebody else. But man, man, great stuff. Um, but yeah, the uh, we might have a few more words in talking about Shukapau's third composer coming up because he's a pretty big deal. Uh, Shukapau. Who is your who is your third pick for our Rushmore Masters of EGM episode? That would be Koji Kondo. Who? Yeah, I'm not familiar with him. Who's that <laughs> uh, guy? You know, just just a just a small composer. He uh, does some stuff for the the, the Mario series. You know, hmm. that yeah. sounds familiar. I think I've heard of this Mario guy. It's Are been you a few Mario. Uh, only if you're from Brooklyn <laughs> 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 or Manhattan, I guess, Long Island. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good old oh, Frank. Man. Yeah, a lot of Mario, a lot of Zelda, a little bit of this and that, some Star Fox here and there. But yeah, um, how did you settle on uh, on Koji on your track for for Koji Kondo Shukapau? Um, we listened to some music, and uh, I kind of just decided that Steam Gardens is it really exemplifies uh, Kondo's sort of general feel. What do you mean? Like, what about it? How would you describe that feel? Well, 
a lot of people, like pretty much everyone knows the Super Mario Bros. Overworld theme. It's just sort of that, you know, video game theme. Like if you uh, say video game music, a lot of people are going to think of the Mario Bros. Overworld theme. One of the most recognizable pieces of music in the world. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and the way that theme is composed uh, with all of the sort of complex, you know, uh, notes and rhythms and sort of patterns and all that, it it's really Kondo's sort of like his his general feel, kind of. I, I'm just saying words at this point. But <laughs> it's okay. Like, Isn't words all we like ever really say? The, yeah. <laughs> uh, just, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's, it's hard to explain. Kondo's style relies heavily in music that makes you want to get up and dance like latin music and waltzes and that kind of stuff he, he relies heavily on kind of stuff yeah. like that and i like here in steam gardens we hear a bit of that like surfer rock and i really yeah. dig that dude yeah got some uh, brian wilson influence on this one a little bit and, a little bit and yeah steam gardens is uh, uh, of course it's from mario odyssey uh the most recent mario game and kondo's most recent uh, the game he's most recently worked on i believe this is uh just it's one of the sound, whole soundtrack is great this is one of the best tracks on it and kondo's music in this he also did the forgotten island um in the lost kingdom well, we have to actually say Mario Maker of... 2 was his most recent. That's right. I'm actually surprised Shukapau didn't jump in and correct me because you, you almost went with something from Mario Maker 2, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, I did almost go with the Mario World Desert theme. Which is a new thing that he did for that, like in that classic style, which is so freaking cool. Yeah, it's so cool. Went back and composed NES, NES, NES tunes and new styles. Mm -hmm. uh, why the desert theme, Shukapau? I just like desert themes. Yep. Desert yep, themes I know you good. do. We did a whole episode, fire, fire and lava levels, like back in the day. And I don't know if we ever did like. I know we had some deserty themes in that, but I don't know if we ever just did like straight up desert themes. I'm sure just we deserts. have, but maybe yeah. we haven't. And if we haven't, damn, that's a good idea. I think that what's cool about the desert theme from the Super Mario World style in Mario Maker Two is that he went back to that motif that he used in Super Mario World to compose almost all of the songs in that game. And he used that same motif to create something brand new for this, this desert theme. And that's one of the things that, that Kondo really did well is the concept of leitmotif, where there's like sort of a single musical idea that he then mm -hmm. goes back and replays in different songs. He did it in Mario World, yeah. he did it in Mario 64, and then he finally did it again in Mario Sunshine. Sunshine. He's also done and it in it's Zelda. a really, really cool concept. Yeah, yeah. And when you create melodies as strongly as Kondo does, he has maybe the best melodies in gaming. Like, it's crazy how much they stick in your head and how much they last and can be used and reused. I mean, this is the guy who created a simple melody that was so good for Ocarina of Time and Zelda's Lullaby that all you had to do was turn it around backwards and it becomes the symphony of the goddess. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this guy knows his way around the melody. Really? He does. He really yeah, does. Just good stuff. And uh, Skyward Sword, by the way, Symphony of the Goddess. If you want to know more, go back and listen to my uh, religious episode with uh, Shukapau and Prof Jeff, where we talk about that a little bit. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, and then uh, we move on to, to my third pick, and... This is, I mentioned that uh, the composer that I, my favorite composer I've discovered through podcasting, that is Alberto Jose Gonzalez, who is most well known for his work on the Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance. Um, mostly, though, the Game Boy and Game Boy Color. And what he's known 
so much for is taking this really, really primitive sound hardware and turning it into something so fun and so dancey and so just good to listen to that it's crazy. Um, this track, Metal Beat, uh, you have played it on the show before and you've played it on the show because of me. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> I have gotten this track played on, I think, four different video game music podcasts. <laughs> and I just now, finally, in episode 70 of my own show that went up uh, yesterday as we record this, I finally played it on my show. <laughs> but Metal Beat from Metal Masters, it's from this forgettable Rock'em Sock'em Robot style game that I don't, like maybe five people in the world have ever heard of, but this track, I first heard it on the Forever Sound Version podcast, the host Michael Bridgewater is from England, and he uh, would occasionally, when that show was still active, would have some friends over every once in a while, and they would uh, basically do, do like a video game music contest, where they would try to um, get, uh, you know, just bring the best songs for the week. And this was one of the ones that was brought to the show, and when I heard this, my mind was blown. <laughs> this was my first exposure when I was aware of who I was listening to, to Gonzalez's music. Um, it was the first time I ever created an extended version of a track so I could listen to it on loop without having to just put the file on replay uh, seamlessly. Uh, it's my ringtone. It was the first video game song I ever made by ringtone. <laughs> and it is still my ringtone. I love this track so friggin' much. But everything this man has done has been incredible. We're going to do a focus on him at some point, and I'm going to try to get him on the show when we do, because I want to talk to him so bad. Well, he knows but, who we are now. Yeah, he does. He does, because of Koshiro. And man... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love the song so much. I'm going to stop talking about it, because otherwise I'll talk all night. This is <laughs> one of the only pieces of music, or I guess anything that Gonzalez touched for the Game Boy, it's really all I can stomach listening to from the Game Boy itself. I've made it, I am not a big fan of Game Boy music. I actually, I'm not a huge fan of it. There's only a few things and a few composers that I think really nailed the, the sound of the Game Boy. He is definitely one of them. And if you would ask me, like, what system did this come from, if I didn't know, never in a million years would I say Game Boy, dude. Never in a million mm -hmm. years would I think this is Game Boy music. It's so clean. It sounds so clean. Like, man, if you had heard this on, a, on in like a club back in the early '90s, absolutely, I, I don't think anybody would have blinked. You know, no, it's, and people would have got up and f freaking jive to it, man. They would have, <laughs> they would have just been. Oh my God, can you imagine? Which may be why he and Koshiro get along so well. I think they both have that sensibility of like 100%. that club music scene. Hundred percent. They're best friends. Yeah, mm -hmm, yeah. You, you can you can watch them all ta all the time on the uh, on on Twitter and it's really cool because you get the sense that, that they, they fanboy out about each other and that's really really nice it's really cool to see we oh, need them compo like not not composing wrong word to use we need them DJing at a club together we'd have to go oh man I we'd would also to love to hear them collaborate you know yeah like, that'd be dope yeah. like a rhythm game where you're like like in a disco or something and uh, <laughs> or like you have to go through different different iterations of dance and uh, you have to like match up different uh, I don't know I could, I could see something along those lines though but you know we we have them now um, back to back on this show because right uh, Zalas was the last composer on our last block and uh, looks like peeking around the corner Koshiro is going to be the first composer in our next block and final he block. is he is the first composer but before we get to that uh, shoot 
do you have any experience with Game Boy music or the Game Boy in general? Um, no, closest thing is Game Boy Advance. Okay. I've played Another some sound chip Pokemon that I'm not a huge fan of. I love the Game Boy Advance sound chip. <laughs> I'm not a big Game Boy it's fan. One of my I'm really just, just not a big heard. Game Boy fan. <laughs> that makes sense. Why that do you love sense. the GBA so much? You talk about some of the games on there that mean so much to you. Uh, I mean, Mother 3 is a big one. RJ got me into that, and it's great. I've beaten it twice. It's a really fun game. Well, and kind of like Gonzalez, I feel like Shogo Sakai really um, elevated the sound, and uh, he achieved something better than almost anything else on the GBA. Yeah. But keep going. Well, what other games? Um, there's also uh, the Pokemon Game Boy Advance games, Gen 3 games. Mm, that makes uh, sense why, why you're a fan of the Game Boy, because that's where Pokemon lived and breathed for so many years. Mm. Yeah, it's... Uh, they're, I like them. They're great games. <laughs> yeah. Not, like, the best ones, but, yeah, they're great. And uh, have you played... We have some GBA games on the Wii U. Uh, Minish Cap, Metroid Zero Mission. Um, I think Minish we might Cap have Metroid so Fusion. Uh, yeah. Have you played any of those, Shoot? I don't think so. Should definitely try Minish Cap. I was going to say you should definitely play Minish Cap. And uh, we have Mario and Luigi on there as well. Great series. Oh yeah, Superstar Saga. (laughs) Great series. Yeah, yeah. As we get into our next block, I'm pretty sure. Shoot, this last composer who we're going to be featuring in this block of yours is he your favorite, like of all time? Yeah, probably. Cool. So this this last block is all three of our all time favorites. Yep. Yes, it is. I want to get him on on the podcast. Oh, man. I'm excited. This is going to be a great block of music. Yeah, this is going to be pretty dope. So let's kick to it. We mentioned it last week. I would definitely have Yuzokushira on this episode. And yeah, I could not do a Mount Rushmore without mentioning Yuzokushira at the very top. So let's take a listen to probably one of his most well-known compositions that he has ever done. To make the end of battle from Ease 2, Ancient Ease Vanish, the final chapter. Released April 22nd, 1988. Composed, of course, by Yuzokushira.
Next up, we have Rizizi Peak from Banjo-Kazooie, released um, on June 29, 1998, not 
And finally, we have the grand finale from Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story, released September 15, 2009, composed by Yoko Shimomura. talking about Yuzo Koshiro once again and the track in reference to make the end of battle from Ease 2 Ancient Ease Vanish the final chapter I don't know what more we could say on Koshiro for this episode <laughs> we just spent over two hours on him so but <laughs> the longest I checked 
I did check because I said in the episode, I know this is one of the longest episodes we've ever produced. So both the Yuzo Kishiro interview episode and the original Emotions of Sadness episode were both two hours and 18 minutes long. Those are our two longest episodes. And they tied man. with the longest. Two hours and 18 minutes. Oh, man. <laughs> well, he's worth it, man. Yeah, but like you said, he, he's a legend. He's uh, he really is. He, I don't know what else we could say. Shukapau, you talk about Koshiro-san. What do you think of Koshiro's work? Uh, I mean, it's just great stuff. I listen to whatever his stuff you put on in the car and it's great can you place any i, really I know that else to say koshiro you don't have a lot of personal experience with any of his games can you place any of the game titles that koshiro's composed for oh, don't be embarrassed if you can nope i cannot well uh, okay streets of rage uh act racer oh <laughs> uh, yeah uh between odyssey brian you want to throw a few in there all the ease games back in the day the revenge of shinobi sorcerian <laughs> castlevania uh, circle of the moon Mm-hmm. Wangen Midnight Maximum Tune. Gotta mention oh, that man. since it's his favorite. Oh, man. Wangen Midnight. Yeah, Shugapau, you gotta check out some of the Wangen Midnight tracks. Shenmue. That's, uh, Come on now. Yep, yep. Great stuff. Great stuff. But yeah. Um, we talked so uh, much on him last week on the episode. I don't have anything else to say that would be new information on yeah. why I love Koshiro so much, but he will forever be my number one. There will, be never, there will never be another person that can dethrone his spot at the top for me in terms of VGM. Like, he is the actual master of VGM, in my opinion. He, he deserves to be there. And I think, I think that with this release, Koshiro is now going to catch up. Let me see. One. If he's not number one by the end of all this, everybody I, I, else out there, you screwed up. I think you didn't he have your list right. You tie. screwed up. He might tie with Uematsu. Right now, Uematsu is running away with it, but I've got a little bit of inside knowledge, and we're going to be seeing a little more Koshiro. Um, but if there's anybody else who could rival Koshiro, Uematsu is the one. Absolutely, absolutely, and we'll uh, we'll hear from him as an honorable mention to close the show out. And uh, and also maybe maybe my top favorite. I'm also surprised. I'm surprised Koji Kondo hasn't hasn't gotten more attention than this. I think a lot of people might have left him off the list because they assumed other people would be covering him because everybody was talking about Kondo when this thing first started. Um, but a composer who I'm really surprised has not shown up on the list yet, Chukapau, I know that you can talk about this, man. Give us some uh, some of your feelings about Grant Kirkhope. Yeah, Grant Kirkhope is great. Uh, <laughs> where do I begin? We, we played some of his stuff from Bandrick Zooey on podcast a little while back around the time uh banjo and kazooie got smash and uh yeah it's it's, it's uh it's he he's got some really great stuff i love his style it's all like playful and bouncy and stuff just you know the whole banjo kazooie feel it's a very and, whimsical feel that he has yeah uh kirkopian one might even kirkopian, say absolutely <laughs> He's he's got his own style. Then I uh, found out that he composed Mario plus Rabbids, which if you haven't heard that soundtrack, you need to. Yeah, Everybody, it's yeah. great, really great stuff. And he's working on Sparks of Hope coming out later this year. Yep. Hopefully, still. I mean, we don't know because Nintendo doesn't like to say anything anymore. But who knows? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Chukapau and I did an episode with Prop Jeff last fall about Kirkov. It was actually our season ender for uh, for season four. And we went all through his really pretty diverse catalog, but also really consistently good catalog. Yep. You can always tell when a piece of music is Grant Kirkhope. You can always tell. Mm-hmm. 
And I also like Koshiro and Gonzalez. I love how accessible he is on Twitter. Um, he's really great about responding. Um, we actually were, were working on getting an interview set up with him on Very Good Music, and his it, his schedule just took off with Sparks of Hope and everything, so mm-hmm. he wasn't able to join us, but he was really, really, really gracious about it, and um, just a really cool guy. I like him a lot. Maybe we could circle back around and get him for an episode in the future. That would be a lot of fun. We'll have to try to get Shukapau on for that. <laughs> Definitely. Throw out some yeah, questions. You, you, you'd, you'd like to talk to Kirk Hope, wouldn't you? <laughs> questions would be, why are you so awesome? That's it. That's the question. <laughs> yep. He'd say, he'd say, well, you know, I am Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, case closed, man. All right. Gotta love the And that Scots. brings us... Uh, Anything else on Kirk Hope, Shukapo? Uh, no, not really. Okay, well then, that brings us to the last uh, of the, the Rushmore composers for this episode. Uh, we do have another honorable mention we're playing out with, who's been mentioned a couple of times and uh, deserves his spot on the leaderboards. But my final composer, and my favorite composer of all time, is uh, the lady who I call the queen of BGM, Yoko Shimamura. The queen, absolutely, right? There's not a single other female that appears on our playlist today. Yeah, and um, Hmm. uh, there are other great female composers. Michiro Yamane. Um, Michiro Yamane, um, um, Manami Matsumai. uh, Asuka Ota. Gosh, um, Asuka Ota, um, Soyo Oka. uh, There are so many, so many great female composers. Uh, Lena Rain, um, Megan um, McDuffie in in the newer scene, Laura Shigihara. But yes, but for but this I woman, love. God, this woman Yoko Shimomura has been in the video game music scene for as long as some of these other fantastic people we've been talking about. Almost as long as Yuzo Koshiro, longer than Yasunori Mitsuda, about the same time as Motoi Sakuraba. Mm-hmm. Just she's been doing it for so long, and she is still active in it. And when you look at the games that she has contributed to, she's worked on Mario one of few composers other than Koji Kondo and one of few composers who is not a Nintendo employee who has been able to touch Mario. Uh, Kirk Cope is another one there. Um, Street Fighter, uh, Mana, mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts. That's my love for her right there, Kingdom Hearts, baby. Final Fantasy. I mean, look at all of these legendary things she's touched. And Kingdom Hearts is her baby. That is her Final Absolutely. Fantasy. Like, Absolutely. Man, that's why I feel like most of her best work comes from that series. Yeah, I think if you just took Kingdom Hearts, then Shimamura would have a place on this playlist. But when you add everything else to it, uh, I mean, that's why she's my favorite. Nobody, kind of like you said with Koshiro, nobody is going to dethrone her in my eyes because she's written so much music that's so nostalgic for me in Street Fighter 2 and Super Mario RPG. And everything she does is of such high caliber and high quality. She just and plus I've heard I've heard her interviews, seen her interviews, read her interviews. She, she seems like the sweetest lady in the whole world. She's so humble and just so she's she's a joy. She's just a joy, and I I'm so excited to uh, to give her another another check mark by her name on in this <laughs> event because man, I love her to death. <laughs> yeah, it's well deserved, man. She's one of the greatest. Shukapo, uh, what are some tracks by Shimomura that you like? Um, I mean, obviously Final Battle is one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, it's one of my favorites. I like a lot of the uh, Mario RPG stuff. It's really good. I was trying to beat the game on um, on my school Chromebook, but then it decided to not be alive anymore. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I will not be beating Mario RPG until the school year starts. Are you familiar with any of her work from Xenoblade, like Xenoblade Chronicles? 
Uh, yeah, Xenoblade is great. I played a little bit of it a while back. I haven't gotten super into it. You, uh, you really like Colony 9, the one of hers. Ooh, yeah, Colony 9 is great. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, uh, you know, Ryu's theme, Ken's theme, Guile's theme. <laughs> Some of the All classics. Fantastic. Yeah, gosh. What a playlist we have put together today. Yeah, I knew this was going to be great from top to bottom. Like, how could it not be? And, you know, with every single one of these composers, we could have picked almost any other song, and it still would have been a fantastic oh, it still would have been playlist. great. Yeah. <laughs> there, was no, there was no misses to be had here. I mean, these guys are, there's a reason that we consider them the masters of EGM. Absolutely. Absolutely. But well, we do have another honorable mention. Me, yeah, I was going to say, that's about it for, the, for that track. So before we get on out of here, we do have the second honorable mention that we had obviously you had the first one there at the start of the show with koichi sugiyama and dragon quest i would have felt weird not mentioning nobu uematsu like he really for is sure. i mean he could replace any of the any of the other three for me on any given day outside of yuzo Koshiro to be in my top four and to get his face on mount rushmore like yeah. there's a reason that right he's the He's the top right now in terms of composers that have been mentioned for the Masters of EGM playlist, right? You said? Mm -hmm. Yep. Like he he's running away with it. Yeah, so there's a good reason for that. I mean, you just look at the impact that this man has had on video game music and, again, is able to really bring out a lot of emotion throughout his compositions, just like Keiichi Okabe that I mentioned earlier. And this playout track that we're going to close with comes from Final Fantasy VIII, the orchestral version of Fragments of Memories. It doesn't get much more beautiful than this, man. It's yeah. pretty mind-blowing. And I mean, I know Final Fantasy VIII is one of your favorite soundtracks. Uh, All-time favorite Final Shuka Fantasy. Shukapau, one of your favorite soundtracks is Final Fantasy IV. And uh, yeah. one of my favorites is uh, uh, Uematsu's, I think, latest, uh, Fantasian. I recently discovered it, and man, I yeah, love you that soundtrack that. so much. I remember that. I'm going to be doing a, a single uh, soundtrack focus on that at some point in the future, for sure. And yeah, like everything you said, and kind of like we were saying with the hero Kikuda, uh, Uematsu does not have formal classical musical training. Everything he has, he has picked up along the way. And that's why his music is so unique. Um, right. it, it brings in influence from everywhere, and he can do it all. It's, it's just incredible. Yep, I love that he's still active. He's going to be, you know, the game that was supposed to come out later this year, but got delayed till next year, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, an actual JRPG being developed by Psy Games. He's working on that with Sutomo Narita, so we will hear yeah. more new stuff from him at least next year. I hope we do. He's not in the greatest of health. He actually did say, I think, that Fantasian, he's planning on that being his last full solo soundtrack. Right. But he did leave it open to, uh, you know, come in and work on other games as he could. And uh, and I hope he does. I hope he, he you know, enjoys his, his old age, but also that he that he does keep continuing to be able to give to this, this uh, you know, this, this medium that he obviously has done so much for and loves so much. Right. How can you hate a guy that originally wanted to be a professional wrestler? Yep, I know. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine if he <laughs> if he would have been out there, man? Out in New Japan oh. Pro Wrestling throwing down with the yep, greats. With the ultimate dragon and uh yeah, and back uh, in the Jumbo Saruta. <laughs> mm -hmm. Man, that'd have been incredible. Man. But I'm kinda glad he didn't become a wrestler because then we wouldn't have got these compositions. Yeah. We wouldn't. <laughs> Man, Unless he could have, he could have been a composing wrestler. He could have, yeah, he could have been a composing. That could have been his gimmick. Yep. Damn. Yep. Missed opportunities. <laughs> Missed opportunities. That's okay. 
<laughs> this was fun. I'm glad we finally got to do our comp or our contribution to the Masters of EGM and Jukapal. I'm glad you finally were able to make your debut on BG Mania. It's been nice having you. Yeah, it's been it's been cool being here. So before we close out, because I don't usually promote anything shoot kapow i know you're out there i know you do your own stuff in terms of like compositions and music where can people find you um if my recording software will decide to i mean not my recording software my editor editing software will decide to uh not delete my footage then i will be releasing some youtube videos sometime soon on my youtube channel shoot kapow so you can find that a link to that wherever this is yep, up i'll get i'll get a link in the show notes for sure it's gonna be it's gonna be cool um shoot has been planning this and thinking about it and working on it for quite a while and uh i'm excited i'm gonna i'm gonna check it out as soon as you have it posted and, and you're I'll, on twitter I'll at shoot Kapow too right? yes i'm also on twitter at shoot Kapow. follow her give her a follow yep, let me know if follow. this link works I think that shoot actually might have more followers at this point than I do. <laughs> Not surprising. I am I am at VGM Pod, uh, and uh, yeah, I don't have a YouTube channel. Just uh, just the other podcasts. Uh, very good music, which Shukapow is on with me, and uh, we do have some episodes planned for for the remainder of summer. Um, and then I am also on the Movie Bar with the Dyad, where we talk about uh, lawyer movies. We're fairly soon after this uh, posts. We're going to be doing an episode on. The Samuel L. Jackson, Matthew McConaughey classic, A Time to Kill, based on the John Grisham Ooh, novel. Nice. And uh, so, yeah, that's going to be coming up soon. Um, shooting for the last Monday of the month, so we'll see. You guys got to catch up to me on Twitter. I'm still sitting at 1,275 followers. Oh, man. Catch up. Yep. I mean, that's not even much. <laughs> like, shit, that's not a, that's not a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I meant like maybe lot. the 200s, so yeah. <laughs> and that's even including the Masters of EGM Twitter, which, oh yeah, right. Masters of EGM. If you've enjoyed this episode and you don't know about the event, uh, Masters of EGM is a month-long event that a lot of different VGM podcasts have contributed to. Uh, you can check out all the other shows at mastersofegm.com. Uh, we also do have a Twitter at Masters of EGM. And you can look us up where there's a hashtag. If you plug in the hashtag Masters of EGM on Twitter, you can see all the different posts that have uh, been associated with that. But there's been a lot of really cool stuff. Um, the chart I've been talking about, the leaderboard that shows how everybody is doing is at mastersofegm.com. So go check that out and uh, give some of your support to these other shows because uh, not a, lo a lot of them don't have the same kind of following that BG Media does and I'd really like for uh, for some of them especially some of the newer ones like uh, Bar Silence and VG Emporium and ReVGM and the Shujin Academy VGM Club don't want to leave anybody out those four come to mind there are plenty of others go check them out and give them some of your attention there's some good stuff out there there's a lot of good stuff there's a lot of good stuff out there and it makes me sad that we're going to be at the close of this episode, but I think we are, unless there's anything else you want to mention, Bedroth, or shoot Kapal before we're coming out of here. I think I'm good, man. All right. Well, that is unfortunate. Oh, that's you all. good? Okay. I'm good. Okay. Okay. Well, that is unfortunately going to bring us to the close of the show then for this week. <laughs> we do want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania, made possible, of course, by RPGera.com. If you like video game music, and more importantly, you like us and you want to help grow the show, check the description box for ways you can do just that, including a link to join our Discord community. Click it. Join it and interact with us. 
taking us out of this episode once again. It's an honorable mention for the Masters of BGM for us, but we're going to be taking a listen to Fragments of Memories, the orchestral version from Final Fantasy VIII, released September 9th, 1999. $9,999, baby. Just like the Dreamcast was supposed to be, or was actually. <laughs> composed. Sorry, it's a tangent. Composed by Nobuo Uematsu. I'm going to let Yuzo Koshiro take it out again. Here we go. Keep the music playing and keep it loud.